Hi, and welcome back to Inside Redemption. My name is Luke Simmons. I'm one of the pastors in Redemption Church, Arizona, and the lead pastor at Redemption Church Gateway. And these conversations are really designed to just help take you inside redemption. What does it look like to kind of do ministry as Redemption Church? Who are the people that are shaping Redemption Church in different ways? So sometimes we interview individuals, sometimes we have a conversation with a group, and today we have a conversation with Vicki Demert. Hi, Vicki. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so glad that you're here with us. Uh, for those of you that don't know Vicki, um, she is the counseling director at Redemption Church Gateway. Vicki, how long have you been on staff there? Um, Two years. Two years. Just over two years. Yeah. So I think um, the the benefit of having you in this conversation today is, is kind of interesting because a lot of the conversations that we have, uh, or at least have had thus far in the Inside Redemption conversations, have been with um, either lead pastors or people who have a role that is like they specifically have some responsibility mm-hmm. over things in redemption. So Kirsten Traina has been part of conversations related mm-hmm. to foster care, uh, Neil Pitchell related to kind of overall finance. Um, you're an interesting person to have on in, in this mm-hmm. whole thing because you don't really have any responsibility over the whole. You have influence mm-hmm. yeah. um, specifically in the related to counseling. There's a lot of people from different congregations that look to you, that ask you questions, that get mm-hmm. coaching, but you're not really in charge of any of that. Right. So, um, and yet I think because of your influence and because of especially some of the stuff that we'll talk about with some of the training that you're doing for people, for lay people who want to do counseling, um, I think you're a really interesting person to have on this. Oh, so I thank you. Yeah. So thanks for coming. Also, you have your own podcast. Yes. Tell us about that. Yes. Talking to humans. Uh, Mark Andrus and I co-host it. Okay. And Mark's one of the pastors at Gateway as yep. well. Yep. And you talk to humans. What a we great idea. We talk to humans. Yes. Yeah. So the first season we did uh, discouraging encouragement, um, mm. just kind of things that people say we're trying to help, but it actually doesn't help. And this last season okay. is on emotions. So it's kind of just helping to kind of shape the care culture. And Yeah. Um, so yeah. just conversations that relate to how you relate to other people and yep. relationships. That's really great. So uh, talking to humans, you can find that anywhere you get your podcasts. <laughs> um, but I want to start today. We'll get to kind of some of what you do in counseling and how that works. But uh, maybe start by just telling us your story. How did you, how did you come to faith in Christ? Yeah, so I grew up going to church. The church that I went to, um, it was a... Uh, First Apostolic Lutheran, and so it was... First what? Apostolic oh, Lutheran. Oh, got it. <laughs> Sorry, you said that fast. I, oh. I was like, I haven't, heard of, I haven't heard of that. <laughs> Where did you grow up? I grew up in Michigan. Okay. Yeah, so um, it's a it's very small church and um, very family-focused and oriented, but um, pretty much believe, like, you're only saved if you go to that, that church. And okay. so I um, grew, grew up um, going there wasn't really encouraged to have friends outside of the church. Um, Sounds pretty strict. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't watch TV. Don't go to dances. Okay. Um, stuff like that. So, um, but as we were in college, I started going to a campus ministry and okay. went to a Bible study and was like, wow. Huh. Okay. This and that is, felt different. Yeah. Yeah. And although it was, it was very much discouraged because uh, I think people in the church thought, oh, sh- you know, you're being led astray. Okay. Um, but, but through that in the college ministry really came to love scripture, love Jesus. Mm. Um, so a lot of people mm. that grow up in a real strict environment, um, just toe the line. Other people kind of quietly rebel, live mm-hmm. a little bit of a dual life. Other people like rebel, rebel. Yeah. Um, and maybe there's variations in between all those. W- what was that like for you 
kind of headed into college and meeting meeting the Lord there in that strict environment, how did you kind of handle that? Um, you know, I even even though it was really strict, um, it's really neat how God works. Like we grew up on the hymns, and there's so much truth in the hymns. Sure, and I just. You know, if, when we sing hymns, like, I'll just cry because it's, yeah. um, and so I think truth was really um, imprinted in me, like, through um, singing, um, and so I really did love the church and love, mm. but I just came to a greater understanding of who Jesus is, what he did, salvation by um, faith, grace, all okay. of that, which wasn't, huh. which wasn't taught, so for me, it was, uh, I don't know. I, there wasn't really rebellion. Yeah. But it was more like just Jesus went from being kind of this idea that was part of this church experience to actually being a person yes. that you got to know. Yes. Yep. Huh. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So um, so from there, how did you, uh, right now you're in this world of, of, of biblical counseling and into yeah. counseling. Um, when was the first time you experienced counseling of any kind? Um, I actually went to counseling when I was in high school, my parents were getting divorced. And uh, so this is my first experience with counseling. Okay. Um, and it was very, very helpful. So and you had I, a good experience with it. Yeah. Yep. Who, do you recall who initiated that counseling? You know, it was interesting. I was talking to my, my sister the other day. And we, we don't know because it was through the school. And okay. we just got to go. And I think the, the school district covered it. I don't even know. But um. Was it you individually or you and your siblings? Um, me and my sister, we were the youngest of six kids. So we, we went, but individually, but back to back. Huh. So, and that was um, a good experience. Yeah, it was super helpful. Did you have any sense coming out of that? Like, oh, I'd like to do something like that and help people this way someday? No, but I always wanted to be in social work. So okay. I grew up like, I want to do social work, work with people, whatever okay. that meant. Huh. So my, my degree, I went to the University of Minnesota and got a degree in family social science. Okay. And then what did you do with that? I worked with families, um, with kids with special needs. Okay. So I do home visits. I do help, yeah, with respite care, stuff like that. Um, with like a state agency or mm -hmm. yep. in Minnesota? Yeah. Yes. Yep. How, how long did you do that for? I did that for a couple of years or a year. And then I actually went to work for the school district in the uh, special ed department. Yeah. And was a paraprofessional. Okay. And then we moved to Arizona. So you said we, so you're married. Yes. Oh, so then I tell got married. Your, <laughs> tell us about your family. Yes. So married Matt. Uh, we got married in 1998. Uh, four kids. Um, yeah, we and we got married in 98 and moved to um, Arizona in 2000. Okay. Why did you come to Arizona? He uh, got laid off and my sister was living in Glendale. Okay. So I was actually visiting her when um, he got laid off and his boss bought him a ticket and um the the campus minister let me guess you didn't visit in the summer <laughs> <laughs> no i think it was spring break yeah that sounds yeah. about right yeah that's when all the people get seduced mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. move out to arizona mm -hmm. and the the campus minister that um, was very influential in bringing me uh, um leading me to christ and it was campus ambassadors um his name is mike dickens he actually moved and lived in tempe and he oh, wow. He does campus ambassadors at Polytech, and he's oh, been wow. doing it uh, for do you, years. Do you see him ever? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How yep. about that? Yep. And so, um, anyways, we were visiting him, and he's like, uh, 
Matt, what do you do? And I know somebody. And so okay. just networking. And So you're relatively newly married. You move out here. Did you dive into social work out here? Yeah, I started working for Easter Seals. Um, they do early intervention for kids zero to three with disabilities. Okay. And wow. so I did that. And then we started having kids. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so did you keep working after you had kids or did you take a break? Um, part, yeah, part time and then took a break. Okay. Um, yeah, then we did a little stint in Oregon for 18 months because he was working for Intel. Okay. And then he got moved. Yeah. And then you took a, a big move. Um, eventually ended up on the other side of the world. Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah. Then we went to, we went to China and lived there for two years. Um, and that's actually where my, uh, education, uh, in biblical counseling got started. Cause right, right before we had left, um, we were at, uh, redemption or it was East Valley at the time before we left. East Valley Bible church. Yep, now East- redemption Gilbert. Yeah. So while we were in China, it transitioned to redemption. Okay. Um, but before we left, I was kind of, I was introduced to this. There's this thing called biblical counseling. Uh-huh. And I'd never heard of it. And was talking to people. And one of the pastors there said, um, you know, we aligned with CCEF. So if you're going to do anything, you know, CCEF. So I was like, oh, okay. So we go to China. What does CCEF stand for? Christian Counseling Education Foundation. Okay. And um, so we and went. It's like a nonprofit organization that puts out resources and materials and yeah, have some training programs, and we'll talk of, about that more in a little bit. But. Yeah, ton of resources. Um, so we go to China. Matt's working there. I can't work. We have three kids, and so hold on. I, I want to get into CCF and all that. But <laughs> yeah. you moved to China. I mean, holy smokes! This is like I don't know a ton of people who like go to China. So, yeah. so what, what what city were you in? Um, we were in Dalian. Okay. Yeah, Which, I know where that is. <laughs> I don't know why I asked. <laughs> if you said Shanghai or Beijing, yeah. I might have gone. Oh, and yeah, felt sort was, of smart. But so, were you um, were you in a community with other Americans and people from other parts of the world who were all kind of there to work? Yeah, so we kind of lived in a community. It was a lot of it was only expats that lived there. Okay. So, um, which which was really nice because um, it was just a built-in support system. I'm so. I'm when you say that I'm picturing like the Truman Show, you know. Oh. I'm picturing like a little gated community of expat, you know, Westerners yeah. living in China. Am I picturing anything resembling reality? Yeah, it was. It, Maybe not was, the Truman Show, but yeah, ours was a gated community, and okay. it was kind of like kind of townhouses. Um, yeah. yeah, and street. We had a security guard at the end of the street. Was it pretty self-contained, or would you go out and kind of experience the life of the city? Yeah, the, the neighborhood itself was self-contained, but as soon as you went outside the gates, you, you know, you were in, in the town, you were in the city. Man, and had you ever experienced anything? I mean, Minnesota to Arizona is not, I mean, it's yeah. a little cross-cultural, yeah. but what was that like? Yeah, <clears throat> you know, they, they talk about uh, culture shock. And yeah. so, like, you you learn, like, okay, this is culture shock. But when you're experiencing it, it's like, oh, this mm. is culture shock. So, um. So, for example, my um, my son would cry about um, like there's no carpet on the steps, hmm. and and I just like related, you know, like or I, you'd just be angry at the weirdest things, and you didn't oh. have anywhere to go with your anger. Yeah. <laughs> you're just annoyed. Like the the first part is like everything's exciting, sure. like you're on a vacation, but then pretty soon you're just 
annoyed. Mm. Like everything is annoying and frustrating. Mm. Wow. And How was your, I mean, did you have any of the language? A tiny bit. I probably talked like a two-year-old. Okay. So we had a, a driver we weren't allowed to drive. And so, you know, like now here's this person that's driving us all over the place. And you add another person, it just affects the dynamics. Sure. You know, so like even, so he would drive, Matt would sit in the front passenger seat and I, I would sit in the back. And so even that, you know, like was, was weird. But we really got to be really good friends with him, like okay. after getting to know him. And, um, and so he often would... He learned how we talked, <laughs> so um, he would tr- translate, and I'd be like, that's exactly what I said. So I don't know how they didn't hear, right. but there's tones. Yeah. So so you, I mean, I know now you pay a lot of attention to listening to people, Yeah. you know, entering into people's uh, story. How did that experience shape that? I hated living in China. It was awful for me Mm. and it felt like um two-year heart surgery and so we we also had um an IE which is uh she would clean she'd help with the kids she would cook dinner okay and so we would have people come and visit and they were like wow you have a driver you have an IE and and it was like yes but to me it was like how I experienced it was like, oh, you're getting morphine for your heart surgery. Like, yes, mm. I'm, I'm thankful for the morphine, um, mm. but I'm getting heart surgery. <laughs> so um, heart surgery in what sense? Just uh, God was showing me uh, all the stuff that was going on in me. Like I was a very angry person okay. and didn't really know that I was an angry person. <laughs> and being in China didn't Other- cause your anger as much as it revealed it. Yeah. Yeah. So right before you go, you're kind of getting exposed to some of these Christian counseling materials. Mm-hmm. And um, so pick pick back that part up of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, we aligned with CCEF. So did a little bit of research. We go to China. Super hard, you know, just um, you're very limited in language and even just going shopping. It was just this huge feat. Um, but I started taking these online classes, you know, okay. so the first one dynamics, the biblical change I practically hit a panic attack before taking it. Cause it was like school. Mm. So CCF is, is, uh, partnered with Westminster seminary. Okay. And so that's the, their master level classes. And that's their, um, the classes that anybody would take going through a master's of counseling program. So I'm doing the online class and, um, listening to lectures and learning and my kids were little and they would, come up and need attention or help. And I would be like, get away from me. You know, stop. I'm busy, you know, and just kind of. I'm learning about Jesus. Yes, Leave me exactly, alone. That's exactly it. I'm, I'm trying to God. become a loving person. <laughs> Go away. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Were you taking these classes thinking I want to be developed as a counselor? Or were you taking them thinking I need help? I was taking them thinking I'm going to help other people. And so, God used it to say, yeah, hey, it, I need to help you too. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, in the first class you do what they call a self-counseling project, you know, so that like you, this stuff applies to our own hearts, you know, and so not, not expecting any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I went in thinking I'm going to help other people and then realized um, yeah. that I'm being changed. It makes me think of, there's a verse in Ezra chapter seven, verse 10, and it talks about that Ezra set his heart to study mm-hmm. God's word. And to practice it and to teach it. 
Yeah. And that order seems significant. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, I know for me as a preacher, probably for you as a counselor, there's often a temptation to study, teach, study, yeah. teach, study, teach. And uh, fortunately, the Lord in his kindness yeah. often puts us through those crucibles that yeah. says, hey, 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 you're going to actually have to practice yeah. this. Yeah, it's his grace to reveal to us what's in our hearts. Yeah. So you started taking those courses. Yeah. And when you say God was doing heart surgery, I assume those courses was a significant part of that. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I really was an angry person, but I was also a very anxious person. So a ton of just anxiety, panic attacks. Um, that, that you'd experienced before you went to China yeah. or once you got there? Yep. Both. I experienced before and then also went while we were there. Um, and God just so, really... So pause for just a yeah, second. Yeah. You kind of blew through anxiety, panic attacks. <laughs> um, obviously, some people know that really well. Yeah. Um, someone that doesn't know that. Yeah. What's, what's that feel like? Yeah. So um, for me, um, before going to China, when I started having them, I, I realized actually moving to China was a little bit of a catalyst for it. Um, and they were just getting so bad that at one point I woke up and I said, I really, I really need help. When I say getting bad, like I would have a two, three hour panic attack, which I don't know if, if you've had a panic attack, you know that it's like, you feel like you're going to die. Like you're, you're having a heart attack. You're. It's not that you think you're going to die as much as you feel like you're going to die. Like there's this sense. You're probably thinking it too, but it's more of a visceral. Yep. There's a sense of doom. Like you're, like I couldn't, my heart was racing. I couldn't control the temperature. I'd be pacing, you know? So, um, the way I kind of explained it is it's like you're, if you're on train tracks and the train is going to hit you kind of like, like, but being in that state for three hours. Um, so then the rest of the day I would be recovering and and sleeping. So it really got to the point where I was like, I need, I I need help. I need Mm -hmm. to go to somebody that can actually help me. But I was, I kept it very secret. Like I didn't, it was very, Shameful, you know, like something is wrong with me. Um, yeah. And some of that was happening before you left? Yeah. And okay. then and then I uh, uh, went to see a naturopathic doctor, super helpful. I still see her. And um, she would, uh, she sent me with a ton of stuff to help okay. me. <laughs> and we would, we would do Zoom calls. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was... That was and then you took in. a few uh, biblical counseling classes and presto changeo, it just was all, <laughs> everything was better. Is that right? Well, no, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> yeah, during that first class, though, really, you know, it, it's interesting going through it and experiencing God changing you because even him just being like the incongruence of learning about him and wanting to be like him and then yelling at the kids and and him showing that to me and being like, that's not him that's not his character and um so eventually what would happen is they would come and maybe the next day I'd be like hey I shouldn't have yelled you know which, yeah. which was in, not even an apology just or forgiveness it was but it was incremental change like I was acknowledging I was becoming aware that something was not okay and I'd say over the next two to three months um it'd become that day then I'd ask for forgiveness and then by the end they could come up and interrupt me and I'd be able to push pause and and engage with them. And it was really neat. At one point, Matt um, was like, you're, you're changing. Mm. And that still just brings tears it, to my eyes. It like, sounds like he, he must, I mean, I don't know, if I, I, my guess here, and some of this is, I guess, since I know Matt, but he must have been very patient during those times. <laughs> he, yeah, he is so, so patient. Mm. And I think that 
is just God's goodness to me. His mm-hmm. His steady patience. Um, yeah. And then when he saw, hey, there's good fruit happening here. He mm-hmm. encouraged you and. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there were there were times like his patience would drive me crazy because I would be like, "Come to the dark side, like, yeah, get mad," you know. And he's just self controlled and patient, and um, yeah. So he he experienced change. The other thing I did during that time is there's you know being in the expat community, you really you just are friends with people because that yeah. you know. And there was a gal. It's like you're either friends with the people who speak language. Yeah. English or you have no friends. Yeah, you know? yeah, pretty much. Whether you like them or not, these are your friends. Yeah, and there was there was a couple there that was struggling. A lot of families struggled in their marriage there. And she heard I was taking classes and was like, hey, can you help? And I was like, I'm at square zero. Like, I, I don't know that it would be good for me to try to help you, but I will pass on any resources. I'm happy to be, friend, be yeah. friends with you. And so one of the, so I email my recitation instructor and, one of the, the resources was a book by Leslie Vernick called The Emotionally Destructive Relationship. So I started reading it um, for her. Okay. And as I was reading it, I was like, oh, this is me. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm emotionally destructive. Um, and, you know, said, hey, hey, Matt, I think you should read this. Read this book. I think this describes me. So mm. super So a lot of times people like, that read that are reading it kind of, thinking am i on the receiving end of yeah. an emotionally destructive person yes you read it and went i am the emotionally yes, that's destructive exactly person. right that's exactly and right. matt read it and said i mean yeah. i love you but, yeah <laughs> but yes you are you are this person yes huh. yeah what was that like yeah that, that's What's what i'm saying like? there's I mean, heart surgery yeah i mean to say out loud i'm emotionally destructive um, feels like that would be a hard thing to admit yeah. to yourself yeah super hard um that that is like looking like this is ugly and I'm going to look at the ugly and acknowledge it and the impact of it. Um, but that's where God's grace speaks in and our weakness, mm. you know, that, that he doesn't just forgive us. He also transforms us. Wow. And, um, and so experiencing that, that transformation that, that he is faithful. Um, so it's like going into that death and he will, yeah. He he will raise us again to be like him. So when you realize I'm I'm more of an emotionally destructive mm-hmm. person, um, I would think that you would not be able to just go, I'm gonna stop being yeah. like that. Yeah. How do you you know, how did he transform? Yeah. Um I, I think through showing me the specifics of how I was being hmm. um emotionally destructive, like for like with the kids, you know, just my anger and seeing how my anger impacted them, how it scared them and like really being sad and sad and scared and, and wanting that to end, like wanting that to be different and feeling helpless and kind of being in this. Um, but that's where, he, you know, the, the CCF class has really helped me. Yeah. And that, that was just God's provision. And I really, my RI at the time, she just did. What's an RI? The recitation instructor. Okay. So she's the one that kind of would grade the papers. and Gotcha. Okay. And um, she just really interacted with me a ton mm-hmm. through email and okay. helped walk me through that. And um, Now, when, when you went to China, did you go thinking this is a short-term deal? Like we're here for this long? Or were you thinking like we're living here, living here forever? Yeah, we knew it was 
I think going to be between 18 months and two years. Okay. So you go, there's kind of a finish line to this China yeah. experience yep. and you're getting education. Yep. Were you, did you have a sense of like, I hope this leads to this place once we get back or. No, it was more just taking one step and then like me, um, me experiencing change and learning and um, just whetted my appetite for more. So like mm. took as many classes as I could while we were in China um, and started practicing and implementing just myself. Like yeah. it really, it really did trans transform, transfer to, to, am I doing this? Am I, um, mm. yeah. It's funny. My experience just as a pastor is that it feels to me like a lot of people who are drawn to counseling type things, um, whether consciously or subconsciously or something else, you know, are kind of aware of their need for it also. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's, I don't know that that's a universal thing, but that seems kind of a truism, Yeah. you know? Um, and so I think it's interesting that you had a positive experience with counseling and then you thought, oh, I'm going to help others. And then went, oh, wow, God needs to help me. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and so you came back, I assume you had the culture shock again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even the reverse culture shock of, you know, it's little things like we there they have the squatty potty and <laughs> so we would be like where's the western toilet so you know it just sure. kind of was the language like oh that place has a western toilet and <laughs> when we got back I just kept referring it to the western toilet and finally somebody was like Vicky you don't have to call it a western <laughs> toilet here <laughs> that's funny like oh okay yeah that's so right. when, when you got back did you have friends going like wow you've changed um, was it that noticeable or was it like a little bit more of a slow, slow process? It, yeah, I think it was a little bit more of a slow process okay. because people here, their lives went on, you sure. know, so we kind of had this whole experience and sort of kind of come back and be like, oh yeah, like they're, people are just in their world, yeah. you know, little league and soccer practice and sure. Um, yeah. So were you still taking classes then when you got back? Yeah. Yep, so I continue taking the classes. And at this point, are you actually pursuing a degree? Nope, nope. Okay. I was just, they have a different certificate levels, okay. um, which just say you've completed the classes. So I just kept taking the certificate, um, the classes to complete the certificates. When I finished that, I found out, and so this is interesting, I didn't know that there was a biblical counseling team. Okay. At, you know, or that there was... That uh, so not was redemption at the time that they offered that. So I had um, contacted the counseling pastor and said, "Hey, like I got this training. Like can, once I found out, can I be on the team?" And he was like, "Sure." And then God said, "Well, I was still struggling with panic attacks." Okay. And he said, um, "Well, you you should get biblical counseling because <laughs> okay, you know." So it's like okay, like I can do that. But I kind of felt like I was um, signing my death certificate. I didn't know if I was confusing people like, hey, can I be on the counseling team or whatever that means? And then a week later, can I get counseling? Yeah. And so, um, but I think it was important that I went through that process because, um, you know, even the process of filling out an application, like yeah. that's, it's humbling, it's hard, it's scary. You don't know. Yeah. What's going to happen? Um so that was Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I um I have a counselor that I meet with um 
but he calls himself a coach because mm. he knows that pastors don't want to do counseling. Yeah. They want to do coaching. <laughs> and um, I think that's just a funny little marketing deal. But, it, I mean, it's it really is counseling. Why are we so scared of counseling? Um, you're It's vulnerable. You're saying, I need help, which is the truth. Like, we're limited. I need, you know, we, we can normalize it and be like, yeah, we need help. But to say I need this kind of uh, acute specialized help is it's being very vulnerable and um and i back back in the day it was very stigmatized yeah um where i feel like it's definitely changed so when someone comes to you now and says hey i i'd like to meet with you for counseling Mm -hmm. what do they think that they are asking you for um sometimes i think advice being told what to do i'm like hey help me and what what should i do in this situation um, but I think more, um, people don't know what to expect. Hmm. So they kind of just come in a little bit anxious. So it's even a little bit, I mean, you have not only the stigma of admitting that I need help, but mm-hmm. I'm also signing up for something. I don't really even know what I'm signing up for, which yeah. is scary. Yeah. So typically if people are doing that, it means like they want help. Yeah. 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 Huh. So, so, um, getting back into your story. So at some point you decided to go to seminary. Yes. And actually get a, you know, master's degree in biblical counseling. How did you decide to do that? Yeah. So once I finished all of the CCEF classes, um, it was all more of like the, the application part is like the, the practical part, the living it out. And I just really felt like I am missing, um, a lot of, uh, theological foundation that I, that I just wanted and, I, again, I just thirsty to learn more. Yeah. And so um, I started looking at seminaries and my husband was like, mm, I don't, you know, initially I don't know, like, you know, you have the certificates, do you, do you need more? And then once he found out I was, ser- I was serious, he was like, okay. And well, so- it's interesting though, because I mean, you, it, it, at no point here have you said that you wanted to be a pastor. Right. Nope. And yeah. still don't. Nope. <laughs> and, but most people go, well, seminaries for pastors. Yeah. Why would you go? Why would you do that if you're not hoping to be a pastor? Yeah. Have you gotten that reaction a lot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was kind of the the primary. Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? And part of it was and like, and why not like, hey, I'm really curious, but like, what's your problem? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Probably discouraged a bit, even. Yeah. Yeah. And I I didn't quite uh, understand that reaction at first, but I think yeah, people thought associate seminary with being a pastor. Okay. Um and. For them to, to kind of, for me to even be like, no, like I just, I want to learn. Yeah. Like I, I. So you, so you took not only counseling classes, you went to. Um, Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist Theological mm-hmm. Seminary. But yeah. Bible, theology, church yeah. history, mm-hmm. you know, that whole gamut yep. of just yep. theological education. Yeah. Did you go, was it distance or did you actually go there? Yeah, it was both. So it was, um, there were some online classes and then I would do, because it was in Kentucky, i Louisville I'd have to fly there and so I'd maybe go do like a week there or a long weekend um for the on-site part of it yeah so, so I'm, I'm just kind of imagining your first orientation class and there's probably some moment where you go around and they say all right why are you beginning this program what yeah. what was your answer um the the program I was in was the master's of counseling the master's of biblical counseling so that you know want to be a biblical counselor so did you view that as like 
you know, just in my life as I get to know other people and I'll just help mm -hmm. them? Yeah. Or did you view it as like, this could be a profession? Um, I didn't know where it would lead. Um, I wanted to do biblical counseling, but I wanted to do it well. And um, I had no idea what that meant. I didn't even know if there was, I thought, well, maybe there's a agency or, or somewhere that, that I could work part-time as a, okay. as a counselor. So um, this is just mostly you just being, I'm, I'm hungry. I want to learn. Mm -hmm. I want to help people. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't have all the answers, but I'm yep. just trying to take the next step. Yep. yep. Wow. Great. Yeah. So at what point did you get to actually kind of start really doing it? Like, um, yeah. So after I, I, um, went through the process at, at Gilbert of, uh, going into the, uh, counseling myself, um, receiving it, then started counseling there. And okay. <laughs> you know, so you were, you were getting counseling and doing some counseling. Yeah. Um, a little bit parallel tracks yeah. and, and moving forward with your education and, yeah. and doing that whole thing. Yeah. And what I, what I want to say, I think this is actually pretty significant is in my struggle with, um, panic, panic attacks. Um, at one point I, I was still having them. They were really debilitating. And at one point, I couldn't leave the house. And I, how it all aligned with everything I is kind of fuzzy to me. But um, um, to be like, I, I really, I was just being sustained. Um, and I, I, it really got to one point where I couldn't take care of the kids. And so I had entered into this panic, panic attack where it just wasn't going away. And so we're on and off the phone with the doctor all day. And pretty much we ended up just calling our small group. And um, our small group leaders at the time, they were like two hours away on a camping trip. They they left. They came. Wow. Um, small group came. They took our kids. And um, we were like, okay, am I going to the, to the hospital? Um, my mom flew down. She stayed with me for a week. I couldn't be alone. My sister flew down. Like, you know, it was like two or three weeks. Mm. Um. And, and really looking for help and all the different things that, that would help. Um, so I went to, a, a, oh, what was, what was her title? She was a nurse practitioner, psychiatric okay. nurse practitioner. Okay. And um, went there, and it, it wasn't helpful. And I went to see um, a counselor who was a Christian that did faith-based counseling, and that didn't help. I went, um, you know, there's just all these different things, but really um, being like, what, what is happening? Why isn't it helping? Like, mm. what am I being? And I think I actually had to go through that process to be like, not only what helps, but what doesn't help and why. Mm. And um, that, that really influenced the way I help people because, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And well, it's interesting because I could hear some, I could hear someone that's more familiar with biblical counseling go, well, biblical counseling isn't really going to help you when you're having panic attacks because mm -hmm. they're just going to tell you, well, stop being anxious, yeah. right? There's a kind of mm -hmm. biblical counseling that feels like that. You yep. know, sort of take two verses and call me in the morning. And then there's another kind of approach that's maybe extremely on the kind of medicated or therapeutic end that would be like, well, take two of these and call me in the morning. Yeah. And what do you need to screw it up with the Bible for? Um, one of the things that I really appreciate about you is that you – you're hard to pin down. 
Like, I don't know exactly how to define you. And that's a confusing space to be in because especially in that world, that's like the first thing everyone, I mean, I've taken a number of biblical counseling classes, which all start with what's wrong with everything else. Um, And, and you're not ashamed of the term biblical counselor, um, but you're far more open. I mean, you've even mentioned Mm -hmm. natural medicine Mm -hmm. and psychiatric and Mm -hmm. other things and, um, and I imagine you, you have times where people are going, what do I label you as? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not looking to label you, yeah. but I would love to kind of, how, how would you describe your approach? Yeah. Which, which again, this isn't the redemption church approach. This yeah. is your approach. Yeah. And you have some influence here, but. Yeah, I think a few things. One, um, through CCF, learning um, how uh, we're more than just sinners. We're sufferers, we're saints. We're image bearers. We're bodily, um, embodied and, souls. And we're embodied souls, yep. and so we're in physical bodies, and um, you know, so all of that comes into play. And so, yeah, in a panic attack, it's not just a soul thing or a mind thing. It's like a physiological reaction happening. And one of the classes they talked about how med- medicine isn't a moral issue; it's a wisdom issue, hmm. and. So I would say that I'd be like, yep. But then when it came down to me taking medication, because one of one of the things uh, we ended up going to see a, a psychiatrist who actually went to Redemption Gilbert, and um, I remember um, going to see him. It was actually our anniversary. <laughs> so, hey, sweetie, let's, yeah. let's go to the psychiatrist. Mm. <laughs> and um, I I had a mosquito bite on my arm, and the whole. Like I couldn't sleep because I had like circled it, and is it is it getting bigger and bigger, and I'm going to die? And I was just in the space that wow. that I couldn't mentally even be engaged, you know. And so we're sitting there, and I'm I'm sure my husband was like, "See, <laughs> please help." Yeah. Um, and and one of the things is is he, he was like, "Here's some me- like medication is going to help you," and I was really struggling with that because one, I wasn't aligned with what I was saying, which mm. medicine is. It's a wisdom issue, not a moral issue. And I was saying that for other, other people and God being like, this is true for you too, Vicki. Yeah. And one thing that he said was really impactful. He said, Vicki, you don't get extra crowns in heaven for suffering unnecessarily. Huh. And this is going to help you. This is going to calm yeah. your body down. We're, we're physically embodied people. And, and the other thing is knowing God, that mm-hmm. God um, is not limited in the help that he offers. Yeah. And he owns the cattle on a thousand hill. Yeah. And, um, and, so why would we say he's only going to help in this one way? Hmm. I heard someone years ago, and this has always stuck with me. I'd love to hear your re- reaction or even push back to this. But someone said, you know, th- this was a biblical counselor. And he said, what I just encourage people to do is if, if you take medication and feel like that's the wise thing to do, just don't swallow a worldview with the medication. Hmm. Um, take the medication and know that, there is a God and that he is in charge and that he's speaking into your life as well. Is that, yeah. Is that similar to how you think of things? Um, maybe not in those terms. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. I think that would be, that would be similar. Um, that, um, I feel like like you want to push back. Yeah, I do. I guess I, I do a little bit. I think that there's, um, there's an assumption that, that you're swallowing a worldview. Mm. You know, there, there's kind of an assumption that there's a risk, you know, that mm. that um, that if you do this, you're kind of tempted in, in more way versus um, this is I'm receiving a gift and provision and help mm. from God. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, I guess you wouldn't uh, necessarily eat a meal and say, "Hey, don't swallow worldview with that meal." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? you'd need nourishment, and you might need medicine. So, yeah, yeah. See, that's, that's what right. I love is I feel like you're. There's a lot of. Uh, yeah, I just feel like you have a nuanced approach to things that I just really, I really mm-hmm. appreciate. I like that. And what's that like, though? I mean, I imagine there's people kind of in the biblical counseling world who don't appreciate that, who think you're kind of squishy or, you know. Yeah, I think um, maybe the biggest critique I've heard about me or pushback I've heard <laughs> is that, that I'm soft on sin. Um, or, yeah, like, and, and I think that really just comes from a place of, um, like, sin is the main problem. And so I, as I agree with that, I just also think that kind of like what I said, there's all these other things. Like we live in a broken, fallen world and, and we're sinned against and we experience um, the fallenness of the world, the sinfulness of the world also against us. So it's, it's adversity from within and from without. Mm-hmm. And, and there's freedom to look at all of it. Um, mm-hmm. And there's also freedom, I think, to learn from other, other approaches and, yeah. and expertise like Psychologists and psychiatrists. Sure. Yeah, they say to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, there, is, there isn't just one answer to everything. Sin is the root problem yeah. of all of it. Yeah. Um, but if you just say, hey, just repent, well, that doesn't change the physiological things that might be happening yeah. as in a certain situation or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and I, I think in that approach, um, a sole focus or primary focus, focus on sin actually... Um, sometimes we can miss miss the person and miss God. So for me, a lot of people who uh, who loved me and cared for me and wanted to help, they would say, um, yeah, like you just have to trust God. But even being like, trust God with what? What am I not trusting him with? Mm-hmm. How do, is that? Is that a blanket statement? I'm trusting him nowhere? Yeah. Is there, you know, and it was really confusing to me because Matt and I, we would be up at 2 a.m., praying and pleading for God's help. And I would, I would say, God, forgive me. I'm so sorry that I'm anxious. I'm so sorry I'm having a panic attack. I don't want to. Um, and so what ended up happening for me, I, I went from um, helpless to hopeless. Mm. And that's when I got really scary because, you know, sure. there's people would be like, hey, here's, here's scripture. Here's this, this psalm. And I couldn't even read it because my mm. mind was so, like, I'd read the first sentence and I'm like, it's not helping me. There's something like, yeah, I, I must not have faith. And um, what nobody asked me is, what are you afraid of? Mm. That, that there was something causing my anxiety. And so they were just wanting me not to be affected mm. and didn't. Um, and, so, and so I was missed. And um, I remember talking to one of my friends on the phone, and she, she hadn't known and she got really, I was kind of sharing a little bit, and she got really silent. And she said, Vicki, that sounds really hard. And I just started crying because I was like, nobody has acknowledged. Wow. And it's hard. Like, that's, mm-hmm. um, so focusing on, on sin wasn't. There was a place for that. Yeah. That wasn't the yeah, place to start. That was not the starting place. That was not, um, hmm. that led me to despair. That, le- that made God further. He was, um. So now you're helping pilot a training program uh, with Redemption and CCEF. Yeah. And uh, a lot of folks, um, especially connected to Gateway, just because that's where you are in proximity to you, but people from other congregations are participating. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that program and about kind of what you're 
trying to cultivate with it. Yeah, so um, CCEF, they, um, you can do a church partnership, but in order to do a church par- partnership, um, well, there's different ways you can do it. Oh, so I'll, I'll back up. I got my master's in biblical counseling from Southern, um, and then um, that actually, and I didn't know this at the time, I was just, I started counseling at an agency in the community, so I'm just kind of doing yeah. doing my thing. Yeah. Um, but then when I started working here, being like, hey, there is this thing that is, you know, we can do this partnership. But because I'd gone through the whole program and had gotten the master's, I qualified to be the recitation instructor. And so what that allowed us us to do, yeah. um, Redemption to do, is, is to partner, meaning um, the classes are at a discounted price. Okay. And when I took them, it was like all online. So you're, uh-huh. you know, we're here we get an on-site portion where we uh, can flesh out the material and discussion. Um, yeah, because otherwise your options are just do it all online. Yeah. And we've all experienced yeah. how hard it is yep. to just do things online. Yeah. Um, but the other option would be to like go to the East Coast and take all these classes yeah. in person and that sort of thing. Yeah. So this creates an opportunity a little bit to do some both, yes. you know, some yep. of both. You have the in-person experience. Yep here locally in Phoenix on location with yes. you yeah. and then also some online courses yeah. and, and being part of a cohort, being part of a community. Yes. Yep. How is it, you know, we're about a year into piling it. Mm-hmm. How's it going so far? Oh, it's going great. It's so fun. Um, and the other thing I think people think like, oh, only take the classes if you want to do lay counseling, biblical counseling. We have people taking, taking it that are mentors, small group leaders, um, marriage ministry. Hmm. And it, and just, uh, there's actually a couple that, um, I don't, they just want to take it, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so it's, it really isn't, um, only for, if you want to do lay counseling, um, it really is helping. How, how do we love people? Well, yeah, that we're mentoring. Hmm. Um, so I find as, um, as a preacher and as a leader, like there's just kind of bedrock stuff that you're always teaching and you're always yeah. doing, but then you have these sort of little moments or seasons of emphasis yeah you know I'm really talking a lot about this right now I'm really thinking a lot about this right now as you're going through this process with with this group what's what are some of the current like parts of emphasis meaning this may or may not be what you're always emphasizing but just right now you just kind of feel a burn to kind of make sure you keep sort of saying this yeah Uh, a couple of things oh man there's probably a handful of things um one is listening Mm. What? Listening. Oh. Yes. Yeah, what? <laughs> um, and I think we all think we're good listeners. Um, but to be like, no, we we actually don't. We actually don't listen well. Um, and, yeah, to, to be like, I can grow in the skill of listening. Um, but I also, I the one thing that is really being emphasized is the totality of somebody's story. And that, that they're... Uh, Maybe their sinful reaction or what's driving that sin. There's always a context. There's always something that that's going on. And so learning the heat in their life, the situation, um, their background, like everything matters. Yeah. And um, so something could have happened as a child that just they started believing a lie, mm. but they didn't know that. And so now they're living this way. Yeah. Um and so to say, just stop living that way, but there's a hurt from two years ago or yeah. 10 years ago that really actually needs to be addressed and cared mm-hmm. for. Um, so I was yeah. talking to someone that's going through the program recently, and he was saying how when he first meets with somebody, 
um, he's having to get over the feeling of failure that he doesn't have some great advice to give after the first meeting. Yeah. Um, because he's realizing I, I don't know enough even after the first meeting, like you're going to meet with me once and I'm going to start to hear just a little bit of your story. And if I sort of think I'm ready to now dispense with what you need, I, I'm actually not ready. So I feel like that lesson's sinking in. So what else? What are some other things you're emphasizing? Yeah, going from general to specific. You Mm. know, we'll say things like, uh, God is good. God is sovereign. Um, How? Where? You know, and so we want a a particular specific truth to speak into uh, specifics of somebody's life. Um, And so going from general to specifics, like with God and his character um, and his promises and what he does, but also with us and our sin. So, so, for example, for me to be like, well, I get angry. That's a very general statement that is easy to kind of say. And sure. it's actually like, hey, I've, I've kind of shown my cards a little bit, but in a safe way. Yeah. But, but to be like, how do you get angry? When? What do you do? What do you say? Okay, you yell, you swear, you throw things. Tell me more about that. Like, what are you hoping? Now that's getting, like, more scary and personal. Sure. Um, but it's also showing me my need for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus becomes that much bigger. Um, and it, as scary as it is now, now there's actually a place for change to happen. Mm. You know, where yeah. just stop being angry. is just this kind of nebulous, like, okay, I just stopped being angry. Sure. But, but to really pin down like, oh, I get angry in this situation with this person when these kind of comments are made. And this is what I do in response. Mm. Um, now well, there's and one of my experiences in counseling has been uh, on the receiving end of it is that sometimes someone just asking good questions, mm-hmm. um, it makes me think of things and I end up saying things and it's in the saying of the yes. things that I go, oh, I'm better now. Like, yeah. not better, but like yeah. w- whatever I was stuck on yeah. just got unstuck, you yes. know, and it's actually not that I'm necessarily, you know, sitting there with a pad and paper to mm-hmm. go dispense wisdom oh wise one but that it's actually through the questioning that I go oh that was what I needed I didn't even know and and you kind of it's and and honestly those are the lessons that stick deeper right anyone in education will say it's not what you're told it's what you discover that really sticks with you and um so man the power of asking those questions Mm -hmm. listening well listening well enough to ask the next good question yeah and then that's just a skill yeah that you learn by having to do it is now we have different categories to ask questions about. Like, how did you get there? Like, what is significant about that? You know, just, yeah. Um, but you're right. It is the, the process of self-discovery and then they make the connection and all of a sudden something has shifted and changed. Um, yeah. And so um, in the last year, right, we're, we're about a year, you know, around a year since COVID hit. What, what are the trends you're seeing in terms of the counseling that you're doing or how much are they the same how much are other things kind of accelerated or different um for a little while there was um kind of a slew of parents that were really angry but that that made sense because I think I was actually one of them yeah I don't, I don't know any who weren't <laughs> I know like it, you're, you're kind of in trapped in this sure. house and mom, you know mom mom yes. dad, dad. <laughs> and then doing online school and right. you know like Stay on the computer and yeah. stop typing. Wash your hands. Yes. You know, so there's a little bit of that. But honestly, I think it, it's really gone back to what it was before um, with with what people are, are really needing help with. Hmm. 
so it, again, it maybe hasn't caused new, a lot of new things. It's just exposed what was there yeah. and yeah. created the need for that. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So when you think about, um, again, you don't have, uh, you don't have authority over redemptions, a whole approach to counseling. There's a lot mm-hmm. of diversity, um, among approaches to that. But if you, um, if you were to be able to shape, um, and influence how our pastors, how those involved with counseling kind of approach it, is there anything that you would really sort of hope, uh, you know, you've talked about listening, you've talked about asking good questions. Obviously you've talked about having a holistic approach. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you feel like, man, I, I, I hope, um, any of us, whether it's pastors or lay people who are doing this kind of one-to-one ministry, I hope we really, I hope it feels like this. I hope it, it's flavored like that. Um, yeah, I think my hope is that, that those who are doing more specific, like, uh, maybe a little bit more formal counseling would, um, get training and, um, Yes, we, we all have the spirit. Yes, we love people and want to help, but um, we actually can do harm. Yeah. And um, so so if you're going to be intentional about being in that role, um, get, get more equipping. There's just, like, sure. I'm, I'm, we can always learn and grow. Um, yeah. I'm in a weekly consultation with CCEF um, where it's, I'm just continually, continually learning um, even this morning. Yeah, the consultation is you going to them saying, mm-hmm. hey, help me, train yeah. me. Yep. Right, you're not, you haven't arrived. Yeah, yep. So there's like, I think six of us in the group. Okay. And we, we can present cases, we can present scripture, we can um, just talk through personal stuff. Um, and then once a month there's a counseling symposium um, where for me it's it's really getting to sit and listen in on kind of the, the experts. Yeah. Um yeah, and engage. So continually learning. Um, but I think also being acknowledging that the things that we've done in the past haven't always helped and have maybe been hurtful. Hmm. And that's that's just the reality of, of life. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we could do a whole... I'm thinking already of all the other, you know, conversations we could have. But mm-hmm. One of them would be on just what you've experienced and heard through church hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So before you were on staff here, you were part of a nonprofit counseling mm-hmm. thing. And a lot of the people that you saw were people who tried to get help at church yeah. yep. and actually it hurt worse. Yeah. And now yeah. you had to not only help them, but also help kind of clean up that mess a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that is sobering. You yeah. know, I think that uh, be, I know as a pastor, because you have a responsibility, you o- often think you also know what you're doing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a really dangerous place to be, you know, and I, I think that yeah. call for more training is, is really helpful. So, um, man, I'd love to have another conversation. One of the conversations I'd love to have maybe with you and a few other folks is just about, um, being a woman and a leader in ministry. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be a whole nother conversation that yeah. I'd love to go down. We, we kind of began to go there with like, Hey, why would you go to seminary yeah. and some of those things? Um, so maybe that's a conversation we'll have another time. Um, but, but for now, if people want to connect to this CCF, uh, training yeah. opportunity, mm-hmm. uh, whether they're part of redemption, uh, you know, or I guess not, but especially mm-hmm. it's for folks at redemption, yeah. how would they connect with that? Um, they could e- just email, I'll actually say Gina Mendez. Okay. <laughs> She's. She's the admin for it, um, or me, actually, either one of us. Okay. Um, it's just our names at redemptionez.com. Okay. And people can um, find out more there. So Yeah. 
Well, Vicki, thank you. Thanks yeah, for thanks. your story. Um, I, I appreciate your vulnerability. I mean, some of the things you, you said here, I've heard you say before. Um, and um, because I, I think because I've heard you say them a number of times, it's easy for me to go, oh, yeah, that must just be easy to say. Yeah. But you've actually, even in this conversation, you know, admitted yeah. some things that are hard to admit. And, um, yeah. and I think talked about the way that God has shown you grace. And I feel like even this conversation is an evidence of God's grace mm-hmm. in your life. Thank you. And I think it's really cool that now you're getting to help other people with that. So yeah. thanks. Yes. So thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for today. See you later. <laughs>